A terrible launch, input lag woes, unbalanced mechanics, lack of single player modes, and plenty more missteps have put a bad taste in many mouths when it comes to Street Fighter V. But it's been four and a half years now, and Capcom has remedied many of these core issues. And so we have to ask, is Street Fighter V at a good place here in the latter half of 2020? Catalyst and I pick this question apart and try to offer some thoughtful answers to it on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. Hello, hello. Um, I'm sorry, I, I don't, I'm a little a little disheveled this morning, and I have misplaced my notes. Did you want to do our in-depth review of Cuties at the beginning or the end of the podcast? Oh, man. Uh, of course, yeah. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. If you want an in-depth review of Cuties, you can go anywhere else on the internet right now and find that. I just wanted to give my boss a little bit of a heart attack here on this Wednesday morning yeah, definitely to make that. sure our energy levels are high enough for this uh podcast yeah we're gonna have to, to take down a few dugaritos from uh red lobster here uh, <laughs> okay Dew. now that is breaking news <laughs> yeah. tell the people what the hell a dugarita is yeah that's basically just a mountain dew margarita and people are kind of going crazy about it and john here used to work at red lobster and he has these amazing tales of working there and i don't <laughs> think he realizes how amazing they are but for people who didn't work there like it's just amazing because it's like the, uh, the exact stuff you see in the movies like you know the movies about like running a restaurant like or whatever and stuff yeah yeah it's just freaking dead on so it's hilarious hearing him talk about it i had a hundred and fifty i have 150 pages of a book written uh just a, a fictional story about basically someone who lives and works in you know the restaurant environment because that was so much of my life it like super isn't anymore so i don't have just immediate you know uh, uh experiences on the daily to to fuel my writing for that i'll have to write one about uh writing i guess for event hubs at this point but I, I definitely have 150 pages or so done and i use that when i applied for event hubs as a, a sample of my writing so it wasn't for nothing dude i have never heard this before because uh, steven oh, steven yeah. asked for a sample of it yeah, yeah uh, i i want this entire book now i i have to read this it like. was called or the, the working headline was called a side of ranch because everybody's always asking for their damn side of ranch uh, and they think it's it's such an important part of I mean, I get it. I get it because you can't have your fries before you eat it. But like it's such an insignificant thing. And the kind of interactions that you end up having with people because they didn't get your side of ranch fast enough or whatever, or the amount of, of importance you put into something like that at Red Lobster was more drawn butter. But, you know, whatever, to each his own. It's just crazy. People people go crazy in certain circumstances. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, it, yeah. Eating at a restaurant is one of those. Yeah. A I've, 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 number of my friends have worked as, you know, waiters and waitresses there. And it's just, it's some of the stories you hear. And, ugh, but, um, man, yeah, I got to read that book now. I'll have to do a review of it here on the podcast afterwards, maybe. <laughs> sure. we'll, we'll see. We'll see how much is safe for work or not, especially since you're bringing up stuff like cuties and whatnot. No, there's so. like, there's death and it's, it gets pretty ridiculous uh, and whatnot. But it was going to be a good time. I don't know if it'll ever come to fruition. Okay. But, uh, Makes sense. All right, we'll, we'll go ahead and get into it now. I, I don't think people actually tune into us here to hear about Red Lobster as much as this subject. They definitely tune into us to hear about Red Lobster, just yeah. this more, you know, kind of thing. So, anyway, is Street Fighter V in a good spot now? And I, oh. yeah, 
It's, uh, we went from Dugaritas to that. Oh my gosh, it just doesn't go down. Well. All right, let's. All right, I am realigned. Let's do it. Is Street Fighter Five in a good spot now, John? Go ahead and give your complete, uh, extensive answer uh, that will make everybody happy, and no one will be divided after you give said answer. Yeah, no, no. You actually you have to stay tuned to get my final answer on this one because first I wanted to take us back into history and, and actually talk about the reviewers from major publications what they were saying at the time that this game was released back in February of 2016. And these are quotes here, simplistic single player and feeble tools. Wait for the updates first. And the final quote here, it leaves much to be desired in terms of content. Those are verbatim quotes. And just, you know, talking about that, I want to actually kind of cycle back to some of the things that Street Fighter V did wrong, uh, because I, it's so important to kind of look at the game's, like, whole approach here, especially with some of the results we've seen, like with the poll we put up recently. Uh, I think that if we, we leave off with, you know, um, if we don't have some of the, the the places we started from, like, covered here pretty well, I think it's, you know, we're, we're not setting up people for the whole picture, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, it was discovered that the game had about eight frames of input delay initially, and Capcom actually patched this out a couple of times, uh, and then they were able to get the, the PC version down to about three frames, and then on PS4 it's about four frames. Uh, it's hard to believe the game had double the input delay that we um, have right now initially. But um, this, uh, after like Street Fighter V kind of made this like a known thing, it actually became a hot, bush, hot button issue for a number of other titles. And you saw other games get called out for this as well and then have to go back and fix it. It was like it happened even you know before Street Fighter V, but like Street Fighter V made it like a giant, you better not ever do this again kind of thing. Like it unfortunately was that, a torch. Is that a silver lining? Is that kind of a silver lining? Is that what you're getting at? Because that's what it kind of feels like. I mean, I'm not, not, not pointing the finger at you to say that this is a good thing. It obviously isn't, but it does feel feel like you know had street fighter 5 not made us all jump through this particular hoop or maybe that's not the exact metaphor but you know what i'm saying uh maybe it would still be more of an issue than it is because it certainly was an issue when street fighter 5 did it and we were all with our panties up in bunches for a while about it yeah i mean i don't know if i would call it necessarily a silver lining because that's a pretty egregious error that happened with it from the start Uh, especially since we know that there were multiple ways of fixing it and, and Capcom kind of just didn't do it and didn't pay attention to it. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, ugh, I, I'm more covering like just kind of the negative history that happened with this, but I think that, um, Street Fighter V is about on par with what FGC experts would say is the standard for input delay in this day and age. I've heard very few complaints since they did the last patch, but I want to turn this back over to you. Do you think this box has kind of been officially checked now? Like, have you heard people saying input delay sucks uh, since it basically got fixed in late 2018? I haven't heard any discussion about Street Fighter V's input delay, and it was just constant it was completely uh, just we were wrought with that throughout all of our conversations in the uh, in the street fighter community and rightfully so because it was and it was directly affecting things you and i have had this conversation specifically with the nikali monot matchup that it has completely changed in some significant ways because my forward dash versus forward jump used to be much more of a um of a of a guess mm-hmm. for you as the defender right and now you can react with much more efficiency to that I, it completely changes how the game is played and 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 that's exactly what we were upset about so i've seen direct uh, evidence of that and you know to anyone that's just sat there and tried to do single hit confirms in training mode and tried to uh, uh train their mind and their fingers and everything that goes into that and and how 
you know, precise of a sequence and a process that is, if you imagine adding a few more, even just a few more frames onto that, you can see how incredibly more, much more difficult it is when you're sitting right there at the precipice. Or in the other direction, if you if you do hit confirms with Karen, now hers are a little bit more complicated, but she has a little bit bigger of a window, and that part of it is noticeable. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go in and you're practicing something like that. So this few frames of, of input lag was no small thing, despite it being just fractions of a second. Um, it's very much changed the game, and I think that the cries for or wanting that change to begin with were justified, and I think it has had a significant impact on the game, and no, to answer your question, I'm not hearing people complain about it anymore. Yeah, so I mean, that, that, that tells a pretty good tale of where we started at, but wait, there's more. You know, so oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the netcode is something that has not uh, been updated as often as the input delay has been. You know, we've seen some updates to the netcode to improve a few things, but there are a ton of players who are previously on PS4 who have switched over to PC. When I'm playing ranked now, um, I'm, I'm at Grandmaster on my PC account. Uh, I can't believe how many names I'm seeing pop up there that are now back in like the diamond ranks and other things uh, that I recognize. And they have like, you know, either PC or like alt account or some other version of their usual mm -hmm. name on there. And I'm like, you had a bunch of points before. And I'm like, oh, and I look closer. They're on PC. And mm -hmm. so I'm hearing so much more about the netcode now, like uh, from, from PC players, how much better it is. Uh, and, and in terms of who's to blame here, whether that is Sony or Capcom, that's going to be up for debate. You could say Sony for making the hardware because it can't keep up running the same code that runs on PC. Sony's machine can't do it. But you can also say, hey, Capcom, this is your fault for not optimizing your code to run on Sony's hardware, where it's only the only console this can run on. You guys didn't make it, you know, good enough, right? So it's mm -hmm. a bit of a chicken or egg scenario. I don't know where exactly the blame should fall. Uh, I just know that uh, I'm I'm hearing a lot of like better things about the netcode from the circles I travel in. But John, you've been playing online a lot since you went to PC. What do you think of the netcode now? And and are you hearing similar sentiments from other people who have who've made the switch? Well, uh, oh, where do I start there? Uh, we've been hearing PC Master Race since day one, and there's been a process, uh, at least for people like me, who have for more or less in this particular era been uh, console players, right? So many of us got PlayStation 5s because that was the only thing that uh, Street Fighter V was going to be available on, and then also PC, but for, uh, I don't know how much, I want to say half, but I don't know how much of the population. PC and gaming is kind of like an afterthought, or it was at least, you know, in 2016. And and we've heard PC Master Race, PC Master Race, and people uh, uh, championing you playing these games through your PC over and over and over again. And over these last few years, at least for people like me, and again, I think I represent a decent amount of the population here, it's become more and more of a forefront sort of a thing, and we're seeing the results. And then I've, of course, recently took the plunge and explored this firsthand. And yes, I gotta say that, uh, you know, like we've said, we've devoted a whole podcast to, my experience has been much better on the PC. Not perfect, um, but certainly much better and consistently, because this, this experiment has been running for what, close to two months now, I think. And um, yeah, there have been issues, uh, and sometimes there there is lag. Sometimes it takes a while, uh, you know, to to find, and that's matchmaking and stuff. Yeah, but before getting too far ahead of myself, yes, PC has been much better in my own experience. 
It's been much better from the other people around me immediately, like my, my local friends who have made the change and just essentially never looked back. But it's been so much of an increase that it's just matter of fact. It's like, oh, well, I, yeah, you can play PS4 offline, I guess, but I, I would really never even consider it. I would even hardly consider having a conversation about it. This is my you know, local friends talking about it. Now that I've made this transition, it's just so much clearer that PC experience is better that I'm gonna go this way. Yeah, so okay, now uh, I know your, your background isn't super technical, and even I have a more technical background than you. Even I struggle to attribute who the blame is placed on here, but just from your own perspective and experience, who do you think more is more at fault, Sony or uh, Capcom, for the the, the netcode issues on PS4? I almost wanted to ask you more clarification on this because I honestly, just like what you said, I don't know. I couldn't say well because of X Y Z being you know an issue of magnitude seven and X Y M mm-hmm. being an issue of magnitude eight or whatever it is. You know, so I I really couldn't tell you. I don't know how these processes work. All I can do is observe what comes out of the machine at the end of the day and tell you how I feel about that and everything that I just said, copy-paste about PC right now. Um, is it the way that Capcom's uh, you know, programming communicates with the hardware? Is it just the hardware being crappy? Uh, I don't know, but I think what we can do from our place of not knowing that, but having still having some sense of commentary on it, we can still say uh, we're aware that these are at least two places where the issue could be. Uh, and we care a lot about this thing working well. So wherever the problem is or wherever it has been, uh, you Sony and you Capcom are aware that there is a problem, or maybe it's just you Capcom and you need to dance this dance more appropriately, whether that means upping your standards or getting into bed with somebody else, you know, to make sure that this all works. Capcom knows that this is something important enough to its fans that it has to attend to in one way or another. So I kind of... Uh, rinse my hands a little bit of having to know those details and just saying get the job done Capcom because at the end of the day you want me to play your game. Mm-hmm. I, I personally think the netcode in Street Fighter Five is pretty good. Uh, I don't know how much the PS4 is at fault there but I do with a pro- programming background you you definitely can both sides are culpable like 100%. There, there's no doubt about that that uh, if you're going to make a console column exclusive. Column A and column B. Yeah. yeah uh, what's that? Column A and column B. Yeah, right? there you go. There you go. Um, both sides can, are definitely, you know, um, hold that. But uh, I, I do attribute more to Sony because it's like, look, this is the same code that's running on PC and PS4, and it runs just fine on PSC or PC, I should say. Uh, getting my acronyms mixed mm-hmm. up there, but um, and and it runs so much better that I go, okay, Sony, you've got some problem in your hardware, especially with prior generations like the PS3 having so much more trouble with that same exact code, uh, not just net code, but like just running the games that we've had, and it's like. I, you guys are doing some kind of janky crap in your hardware that that is transferred from generation to generation now, and and I I, I put quite a bit more on Sony. Now I'm really hoping that's fixed for the PS5. I actually had a gentleman ping me asking like, hey, is it going to fix it? And I go, I hope so because um, the PS4 Pro is perfectly fine to run Street Fighter V. It's got enough uh, CPU, GPU, RAM, all that other kind of stuff you would want to run the game at a very high clip, but for some reason it has very similar problems as a base PS4 unit. It's not an issue of, of how much horsepower they have powering the main things, at least as far as I know. Uh, it's something in the architecture, it's some way that their their stuff communicates. It might be in their OS, it might be in a bunch of things um, that, that causes bottlenecks or causes issues with Street Fighter V running as well as it should. And, and I know immediately people are going to jump to like, well, MK11 doesn't have these problems or this game doesn't have those problems. And I go, mm, 
it's it goes back to the input delay example we just talked about. Street Fighter V highlighted that for everyone in the community. And we always talk about this, the wind blows hardest at the top of the mountain. And the fact that, that Street Fighter V has this issue and people are aware of it, it's because so many people play this game and, and just expect the experience to be at a super high level, they notice it a lot more. Um, and, and the same kind of test, I don't know if MK11 has these issues or not, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> But the game also doesn't have crossplay with PC. It's crossplay with just with both consoles, right? So I I don't know, you know, kind of thing. But it's there's so many qualifiers in here. I guess is what I'm getting at. And, and yeah, and the the best we can do is try to make as as detailed or vivid a picture of this as we can from where we stand as kind of the lay people in in certain regards, and then make our best guesstimate on that, you know, until more information becomes available and such. But uh, some of the places my mind goes is, uh, well, one, I want to ask you, how often do you find when you're in training mode or essentially doing offline things in in Street Fighter V on your PC, do you notice slowdowns, like like those little frame skips? Does that happen on your PC? Very rarely, but I've got a pretty high-end PC. Now, when I'm alt-tabbing out, like, because I'm looking at frame data and other stuff, like, what in training mode in different places are looking at footage and things, that, then I'll notice some slowdown as, like, you know, some of my RAM gets used for other tasks and my CPU and all that kind of stuff. I'll notice a hiccup or two as I go back into Street Fighter V, but overall, like, I usually don't run into many hiccups or issues at all in the game. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was playing on PlayStation, that was just a way of life. I yeah. probably experienced that once or twice every time I sat down if I was playing in training mode, you know, like between matches. And in PC, I can't say that I've ever seen that. And I think I would have documented that mentally because it would have been a thing. Like, oh, it, it happens on PC too. And I haven't had that moment happen yet. Now, that's not necessarily talking about netcode, but it is talking about general experience. How much faster the game loads up on PC. The very fact that you can alt-tab, I mean, this, this begins to get into apples and oranges. But I, when I played on PS4, I had to go through my house and it was a process of, you know, like, First of all, you know, like redo the router, make sure it's completely fresh and everything. Unplug it for 30 seconds, plug it in, make sure everything else is off, make sure that, you know, the connections on everything are, are really good, all the cables and everything. So it was very kind of, uh, uh, you know, it was it was a process for sure. And every little I had to be dotted and T crossed. And with PC, I'm able to alt tab. I'm able to sh like... Like, uh, if you play on Discord, you can share your stream with people and they can watch while you're playing. I can do that and I've experienced no issues there, right? I'm playing with local friends um, who, who are just a few miles away and just our isolated sets are less laggy than, you know, than we were when I was playing for my PS4. So there are some fairly apparent examples where I go, just the overall experience is a little bit better, even if we're not just talking about netcode. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to say uh, from my point of view for PC. Gotcha. So I would say that while the netcode has been updated here for Street Fighter V, I don't think it has seen a massive overhaul since the game launched. So I would actually think that Capcom did their job here, at least partially, from launch. And it's just the communi community realizing that the PS4 is problematic. Uh, I, I don't think that Capcom shipped the game with, with terrible netcode. And I know a lot of people are just pulling their hair out right now at that statement. Well, I mean, again, how much it goes back to the discussion we just had. How much do you want to blame Capcom for that? And how much do you want to play, blame Sony? Um, and, and to me, again, the, the game's code hasn't changed that much. I don't blame Capcom for launching the game with the netcode that they did. I think it was acceptable enough. Um, there it is. So I'm willing to play online right now. 
I'm, I'm excited to do it. I may have changed my position a little bit in the quest for points versus the quest of understanding the game, and that's going to factor in a little bit. But I can tell you, there are a lot of people that are very much willing to play the game, and I'm not regularly distracted by, but it's online while I'm playing on PC. Mm-hmm. Part of that is me just accepting for sure. Uh, But we're also here in 2020. The situation is as it is. And I I think that what my point that I'm trying to get at is there are a lot of people who are, I would dare say, happy to play Street Fighter, excited to play Street Fighter V online. And while it's not going to be the perfect scenario for competitive, find out exactly who's frame perfectly better than the other person, it still has a decent amount to offer. And when you're talking about having a game that's fun to play for your entire crowd online, Street Fighter V checks that box enough to have, we're here, what, four and a half years later, and people are still playing, and people are still enjoying it, people are still grinding at it. So it's doing something right, just based on people's actions here Mm -hmm. with online. So getting back into it, in terms of of where the game has evolved from, the single-player modes even now feel a bit below par from what we should be expecting from a modern fighting game title. It's not terrible, but it's not great either. Uh, Some of the individual character story modes have been worthwhile, in my opinion, like Sagat, Colleen, and G. Uh, I've genuinely enjoyed those. But you also have total duds like Abigail's, which I would actually actively tell people not to play if they want to enjoy the game or the character. Like, it's so bad, you don't even want to see it. I also enjoyed A Shadow Falls for the context of what it offers. It was a good modern Street Fighter story kind of told, but not very good by most FGC standards when it even was released back in 2016. Uh, And and the damn thing was even delayed past the launch. It wasn't even available right away. Like you you couldn't even play it like until like I think the summertime, like a handful of months later on. So Mm -hmm. overall, I'd give the game single player content like a 5 out of 10, even right now. It's not terrible, but it's also not good. Capcom has done some very solid work with their tutorials, and, and those things are way more fleshed out now than they've ever been before. Uh, the character introductions, those are really good for every fighter. You give a very uh, nice overview now of, of what they're able to do. There's good trials. Um, so you can learn some advanced stuff as well You know, with this content. But that said, most of those should have been a given at this point. And, and having truly compelling uh, and fun single-player content is pretty much missing entirely from Street Fighter V. It was a grind from the start, and there was minimal content to go with it. Like, the, the, the survival mode is, is oh, it was just horrible. Like, it just, you're grinding on, like, that... Doesn't make you want to turn the game on, does it? Yes. Now, that has changed for the better, but you were pretty much at rock bottom with the single-player content when this game launched. So while while it has improved, it was so low to begin with. In my opinion, it still hasn't gotten to an acceptable point. And I've even been going back and playing the arcade modes of, like, Street Fighter 2 and Street Fighter Alpha over what's in Street Fighter 5 right now. It's just, it's not compelling. It's not there. So a lot of things that are okay on the surface, but it definitely feels like the the sum is less than that of its parts that uh, for what Street Fighter 5 offers for single-player content. And this is something Capcom cannot fail on for Street Fighter 6. We need and expect a fully functional and awesome single-player outing for this game going forward. It, it just, it has to be that way. And I think things are going to ch- be changing under Ryozo Sujimoto, um, because that his stamp is starting to become more apparent here uh, on what he's doing for the fighting game division for Capcom. Uh, but we're going to go into that in heavy detail another time. But mm-hmm. um, there are signs of, of his fingerprints, I should say, being over some of these decisions and what he's doing right now. 
I try, I, okay, so my identity as a gamer has changed since I was a little kid, of course, right? Because now I'm, I'm playing more competitively and I'm writing about it and sort of more into the culture and the community aspect. But as I think back, I used to play quite a bit of arcade modes back in the day. I played the crap out of Mortal Kombat Trilogy. I remember uh, playing with Cyrax and, and being completely content to do his uh, combos, which I actually figured out a longer combo than like the dialed-in sort of standard combos you're supposed to do. Uh, I found out so much about that game that as I go back through now and, and look at like more historical stuff by like, like when uh, P&D or uh, Ketchup and Mustard, I should say, do their, their historical analyses of things and they point out little things like, oh my gosh, I remember being so involved with these uh, older Mortal Kombat titles that uh, I remember this little tiny thing about it, you know, that like the female characters have different weird hitboxes, so you have to do different combos, things like that. Um, anyways, I spent a lot of time playing through arcade modes of Mortal Kombat Trilogy, of like Deception and, and um, um, some of those other titles, Deadly Alliance. I played a bunch of Street Fighter 2. Um, but then by the time Street Fighter 4 rolled around, I really wasn't super interested in single player modes outside of maybe if they like unlocked the characters, which you had to do in vanilla Street Fighter mm -hmm. uh, 4. But what I, what I will say is that one, I wanted to play those other ones back then and I, and I kind of don't see that same appeal for me now. It might be that I changed or it might just be that the more modern like Street Fighter V arcade modes just aren't really that fun or something like that. Or maybe the the fun of Street Fighter V really isn't beating up on a punching bag AI. It's more of i uh, I'll, I'll jump know. in here and just say that I think a lot of people play these modes at the start of the game to get a good feel for what the game offers. It's a really good way to get familiar with the base system in this game. Uh, but in you know if you're playing survival mode, you're just trying to survive, right? Like you're you're just trying to make it through, and it's you're less learning how the game is going to be played at a higher level, and you're more just trying to get through it. You're um, figuring out how level 32 Ken lets you throw fireballs from certain ranges or how you can never jump forward on him, but if you use low forwards, he's weak to that. Yep. You know, just like the very specifics of that particular AI. And there's a spot for that, but that's not the overall Street Fighter experience we've learned from. And how most people learn to play these games was, you know, we go through arcade mode for a while and then like someone would come up and challenge us, right? And it's like, oh, cool, we get the one-on-one the -on -one experience now against another person. That's great. It's an mm -hmm. awesome way to do it, but we were missing that whole kind of introduction course to this game and, and one of the things that we've talked about behind the scenes is that that the meta of this game is still very elusive for a lot of people and I wonder how much less uh, difficult it would be to grasp this, this stuff if we had a proper single-player mode that kind of introduced people to it like story mode you could just hit buttons and get through it that's fine there's no issue with that but it needs to be coupled with a proper arcade mode that scales up difficulty that ramps up with this stuff it's that's the history of this franchise and the fact that you weren't able to ship it until two years later is bullcrap um, and yeah. that should never ever ever happen again. I, I had numerous people I know that played more casually just complain about that. So I, I get what you're saying, but there's also, you're missing so much of our legacy and, and so much important stuff with just missing that classic arcade mode. Yeah, and the the standard for fighting game single player content has evolved very yeah. much and, and in no small part thanks to NetherRealm and what they've done there. And, and to their credit, Capcom imitated that with the Shadow Falls. But they certainly didn't get anywhere near close to it, and uh, and yeah, and everything that you said stands as well as like you know it's just 
it's not the identity of what the it used to be is just kind of not captured now and to whatever extent it changed it's like well okay so maybe you have to call a little bit of an audible and update and evolve to to meet today's standards but it's like you're saying at the end of the day it doesn't really feel like you're getting past something like a four or five out of ten when it comes to hitting those and that's after the abysmal like it was much lower when things started so yeah to be the triple a to be at the uh top of the uh, metaphorical mountain where the wind is blowing hardest to have this gaping of a hole in your game plan is uh is pretty egregious yeah it really feels heavily like too little too late you know and it's if they if that would have been the launch content i think people would have been pretty happy with it but just like that far after launch and that mediocre of content just no dice so yeah and then they are poking through and the, the, I should say that I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. They are poking through. Like I said, they are imitating the guys that are doing it right. Yeah. Right. And and even in training mode, there are like the challenge modes. They are much more precisely focused on more realistic happenings instead of just mm-hmm. like, here's a crazy combo that you're never going to ever use and is completely impractical. It's like, here's how this move works and here's why it's good. Now, it's not on par with like, I think it's them's fighting herds has an amazing way of approaching their tutorials where they actually have you go through something of like a platforming sequence in order to understand how zoning works mm-hmm. and how to get through zoning. And I think that's really interesting. Now, I, I haven't explored it enough to say that it's like the right way of doing things. But the point is, you can do some intriguing stuff and even just thinking on that idea that's really cool yeah. uh, and and i'm intrigued just at the idea of it let alone having like actually jumped in and explored and, and approached it from different angles um, firsthand and grand blue fantasy versus has like a, a final fight slash uh, rpg mode uh, that single player it's amazing it, it's i i'm not fond of the story but the gameplay of it was great and, and just being able to go through and learn the game that way it's fun it's a it's a kind of a new way of playing it you're not 100 percent you know preparing yourself for competitive play but it's a game i'm supposed to have fun with this i'm supposed to be able to play it in a variety of ways and have you know great content uh and, and those are just like the standards we really need to have from capcom going forward so mm-hmm. so graphically i think there are some exceptions here but uh for example like kin's face and abuki's and i know some of the animations people are not happy with like some of cody's and, and sakura's but overall i do think the game looks pretty darn good even today uh, i know you recently posted some galleries uh from like you know different camera angles and other stuff and i'd say it holds up it doesn't look next generation but i think it looks good overall but but how do you think graphically the game still looks right now so we're talking graphically and not necessarily the, like the execution of... Well, no, I think you are because you're mm-hmm. talking about animations. Mm-hmm. And the thing that jumps out to me first, I mean, maybe outside of Ken's face because that got so much attention, um, is the fact that so much stuff clips and it does it on the character select screen. Birdie, his chains. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like, And that's just one of many examples where... I mean, yeah, it's 2016. By 2016, the standards were still already there not to have stuff obviously clip on at least on the screen where the whole idea is the visual presentation of a character. It's like they're bust and it's really up close and it's like, here they are and they say their quote and they they do a little, some kind of an action to give you an idea of who they are and their personality and what they're bringing to the table. And also there's this giant chain that's just matter-of-factly clipping through their head and you're like, no one cared to change that or have it interact or have it held a little farther away or whatever needs to happen so that 
I'm able to process what you're trying to communicate with me instead of being distracted by the fact that this thing is like clipping through someone's face or head or whatever. Um, I, I think that that's a really bad look. And you know, again, one thing if it's happening in game where there's a bunch of other stuff and the and the action is or the the whole focus of the situation is somewhere else. But when the visual presentation is like 99% of what's going on and it's still happening, that just feels lazy or an oversight. And I know this game was uh, there's there's evidence that it was probably rushed pretty hard. Yeah. Um, you know, on on upon release and whatnot. And I don't know that the problems are there as much with older or with uh, newer DLC characters. Maybe they've done a little more um, uh, pristine of a job on them. But there's still, you know, Birdie still does that on the character select screen and, and, and elsewise, and, and plenty of other characters still have those issues. And I look at that and I go, your standards are just sort of low, if that's what's going on. Because, because at the end of the day, there's a whole bunch of other games out there that aren't doing that kind of a thing. Or at least they're not doing mm. it to such an egregious extent. Okay. And so that right there is a big turnoff for me. Okay, yeah, um, I, I, I still look at the game, I, I think it looks pretty good good like despite that because I, I know other games have problems again the galleries you put up they look good you know like the, it's like I'm not looking at this game like I look at Marvel Infinite and I go I don't ever want to see Marvel Infinite again you know I would rather look at Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3 all day long than look at Marvel Infinite for five minutes you know mm-hmm. like it, it's just that game is ugly and, and they did a bad job with it and, and that's kind of I guess the comparison that that my mind goes to you know sure. um, it, it's I, I think Street Fighter 5 looks pretty good in a number of respects uh I think a lot of the character models and other things come out well and they look how they should but the the examples the the, the thorns I guess on the rose or whatever they don't they don't prick me too much while I'm watching it and okay so I just brought up one example of a place where I'm upset with things uh, but that's not everything that there is to to say about the presentation I think that Street Fighter 5 does a pretty good job in some of its artistic avenues like I think a lot of the music is pretty good and I think um, yeah, a lot of the stage designs are pretty good, and a lot of the character designs are pretty good. Um, I don't. I, it's not an issue for me so much that I'm distracted by it consistently, except for on that damn character select screen. Hmm. Uh, but uh, yes, the the textures and whatnot. It's not the the most realistic, of course. But uh, it, and then it's it doesn't get rated on a good to bad scale, uh, directly correlated with how realistic it is, of course, right? So. Um, I think it looks good for what it is, and uh, and I'm happy with it. And yeah, I, I, and this isn't something that tends to be a huge factor for me one way or another, as long as again it's not distracting me from enjoying the game. Um, but yeah, the game looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we're of course gonna highlight Ibuki's face or Sakura's eyes or Ken's banana hair, things along those lines. But for all of those things, there are also a lot of really appreciated aspects in, in the visual designs you know uh, hot ryu that design that mm-hmm. execution on that has been championed for a while it became this like phenomenon some of chun li's costumes is it, is it her battle one the black and gold dress like that's an amazing chun li design that will probably stick around for the rest of the character's life as like you know how their how her alpha costume just keeps coming back like that design was amazingly well done it gets cosplayed all the time now and it'll probably be something that future chun li's will will have access to as well because it's so good and there is plenty of that, so mm-hmm. the game looks pretty good. I I give it like a like a seven overall at, for for visuals and, and presentation. Yeah, and I'll shout out a character like Manat, who I know is very heavily praised for her design and her animations and stuff. There's some characters they really nailed, and there's others that that did not go well. Uh, but moving on here, um, in terms of sound and music, like I actually one of the things that I love is the crush counter sound effect. Uh, I know that the the gameplay surrounding it is not very uh, you know well <laughs> fond for some people, but. Um, 
but I, I love that. But I also think the music is is pretty good. It's not my favorite Street Fighter soundtrack ever, but there's a good mix of new and old tracks in there that I think are strong. Uh, like the new uh, Arcade Edition track that comes out, like with the trailer, uh, a lot of the guitar and the piano bits, like those go together so well. It was so indicative of that, that kind of relaunch, and it was a great track to work with. Um, also stuff like the Ring of Destiny and Pride, um, and then uh, Temple of Ascension, uh, Sakura's music. Uh, that's like one of my favorites in Street Fighter history. I think the Street Fighter Five version is really good, and I'll also show uh, throw a shout out to Bison's theme as well. Um, it's I think the music and sound effects like they're they're pretty darn good. It's not my favorite in the franchise, but I, I think that they did a solid job with it. But how do you think on that end? For a long time, I had menu music turned off, and I'm not sure exactly why I did it. Uh, I was just kind of done with it, and I think I changed it once once over when I had like a cool Monster Hunter OST from doing one of the extra battles or something. But then for the longest time, I had the background music on the menus turned off. And then when I jumped on PC and I was just kind of screwing around with settings and kind of, uh, you know, just changing my approach to the game in general, I decided to put it on random. And so now it randomly plays just one of like 50 different themes or however many are, are available uh, when I'm on the menus. And some of them I I'm feel like I'm hearing for the first time, usually because you're distracted when you hear half of these because your your mind is very much elsewhere. But they're, they're pretty good. Like, I'm like, hey, this, is, this isn't bad. I want to see where it goes. I want to see what they do with it. It's worth my attention in a positive way. So uh, that's one of the things that I've recently uh, actively noticed that gives it a thumbs up from me in this particular category. But yeah, the, the art of the game, it has its issues. But for, like I said, for as many issues as have come up and they've been bad and like that happens, it didn't kill the game. It wasn't like a Marvel Infinite scenario like you pointed out. And there have been a handful of, of equal and opposite sort of uh, in examples. So overall, I think it's pretty good. So um, moving on here a bit, uh, I want to give Street Fighter V proper credit uh, for fight money, of all things, because with most games you can buy very little with in-game currency, but Street Fighter V pretty much makes everything purchasable, uh, purchasable with this. Now the, now the amounts that they give you are like have given you in the past have gotten way stingier over time, and, and I get people being upset with that, but the fact that you can just even buy characters and costumes and pretty much everything if you save up enough fight money is pretty nice. It's a good option. Actually, uh, one of our, our staff members had pretty much buys everything in Street Fighter V with fight money. Uh, and, you know, that has kind of gone out the window with, like, the CE editions and all this other kind of stuff. But that was a viable pathway. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, but uh, so with that, I would actually say that Street Fighter V is kind of the gold standard in terms of how much they let you pick up with in-game currency. I think their in-game economy is booty butt cheeks like they pooped the bed and didn't realize they pooped the bed and then they did it again before they ended up even starting to clean it up like I think their economy has been terrible uh, for what it could be and I look at this more of an idea or from the point of view of how much positivity and charisma and forward momentum could you generate with a strong economy and this has been something over the like maybe just like the last 10 years with how many phone games we've been playing there and, and free to play games and whatnot where we've really been introduced to the power of the dopamine drip and an in-game economy is one of the biggest places where you can grab dopamine drips from and and i get it and to a certain extent it's kind of dangerous uh, because it's like sort of manipulating you but there is 
within that structure, I think that there is an allotted, you know, amount of that where you do want to be manipulated to want to play the game more, mm-hmm. to feel good about playing through certain things and moving toward goals. And, and a good in-game economy creates a bunch of goals that feel good to move toward and achieve. And these goals were, it was like, yeah, it's nice to get a new character, but the, um, and again, this was like like the first time or one of the first times Capcom is approaching this. So it's like, yeah, you're going to have to have a lot of stepping stones of failure to get to success but it just felt like with the amounts of money that you get with the way you get it playing through survival is like uh, unfortunately was a first impression when it comes to all of this so even though that hasn't really been a factor in all of this for years um the fact that that's how we started it and that's still a taste in my mouth it's like well that's that's part of the that's part of the picture now and uh, all of this is just has not added up to being uh, a fun process. It's at that's at best obligatory. Going through the weekly uh, challenges is so easy that it's not fun. And at at a certain point, I just stopped doing it because, well, I mean, especially after Champion Edition, there's like no reason to build this, and it feels like more or less Capcom is just kind of like, okay, we've learned a lot of lessons here. This isn't a very good economy. Uh, here's Champion Edition. It's everything. We're taking our data and we're getting ready for next time where hopefully we'll be able to make it a lot better. Uh, but right now it's like they're kind of just like, okay, we just use this to, to learn some stuff and we're ultimately kind of throwing in the towel is how I feel about it. So it didn't need that to, to thrive, but I feel so sad because I think there was so much opportunity for so much more from this game just through this avenue of getting fight money and getting the little dings and the dopamine drips and they missed it pretty by a pretty big margin in a lot of ways and they tried to add to it where they, they did the whole monot loot crate thing and stuff but even that was filled with stuff that you didn't care about yep. and that was too meticulous and and difficult to access in the first place yeah. So it's not necessarily easy, but a lot of other games are doing it way better, and they have been for a while. So, ugh. Yeah. In the fighting game vacuum, I actually will give Capcom credit for fight money and how it works. I think it's good in that, like if you're only looking at fighting games. But in the context of, of other games, like how it's done on the broad scale, it's terrible, right? So I, I mean, Mortal Kombat was doing it 15 years ago with their crypt and with the different, like they just had like five different colors of coins and you would get different coins for doing fatalities and getting through arcade mode and what and then going and buying stuff in the crypt uh and and that was extremely simple compared to what's going on now but even that was fun was a reason to do these modes well they also screwed it up with it was it towers of time wasn't something like that like that just people hated with like a passion with mortal kombat 11 uh wasn't that something similar though Oh, I, I couldn't tell. I'm sure yeah. that it had its, its issues, but I'm talking about like Deadly Alliance and stuff. Whenever yeah. they started doing the crypt, um, uh, and then that was a very simple kind of economy, but that was like just basics, and it was still much better. And and the, then five, I should say, and I'm sure eleven has had its its problems with that. But ultimately, from what I've played with eleven, uh, a lot of that stuff was fun to do, and it was fun to kind of grind for at least a while. I think maybe it was it was fairly limited and superficial and after you got through a certain amount it was no longer a thing but hey i mean it doesn't necessarily have to be an ongoing thing i guess that's the best case scenario but uh one other thing i want to point out is that success in this avenue 
feeds almost all of the yeah. other avenues of the game. It makes that single player content worthwhile. Sometimes the in-game economy is the one thing that pushes the single player content over the line and it changes from, eh, I could take it or leave it, or uh, to, eh, you know what? I wanna get my daily quests done. It's worth it to me. I'm gonna jump into the single player content. And even if there aren't a ton of other things that are pleasant in that, and, and like there should be, but even if there aren't, that in that that economy is going to motivate me to do it and so uh that's another reason why you really want a, a strong economy in today's games yeah i it's rare to see this locked in and perfect in fighting games if you ask me so the fact that capcom didn't hit this mark with street fighter 5 i don't hold it heavily against them for their first outing but the next time i expect this for street fighter 6 i expect it to be locked in and great not good but great like really giving you those dopamine drips and stuff because mm -hmm. the models are out there for other games they're being figured out for fighting games. It's, it's hard to, you know, justify, let's say that all this development is going to cost you $5 million because it's going to take six months and you have to hire a team of people and all that other kind of stuff. Well, to take that to the bosses over at Capcom and say, hey, we want to do this. Can we get the budget for it? And they say, you've never done this before. We don't know if it's a selling point. We don't know if this is a big enough deal. Um, and again, that goes back to, you know, people in the right places making the right decisions, right? I get that. But the fact that this has not been kind of a standard in fighting games and expected at a high level, it, it just it does kind of make sense that Capcom didn't nail it, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I, I give it some slack. But I'm very much looking to Street Fighter VI or whatever comes next and having uh, significantly higher expectations than the bar that Street Fighter V set has us at right now. Yeah. So, all right. So we're going to go ahead and do a speed round now and, and just cover the rest of the stuff and just say that, that Street Fighter V's like extra battle challenges, in my opinion, they're okay. They move the needle slightly, but they aren't as compelling as other modern non-FGC titles. It's a start. Uh, I hope the formula is improved a lot for the next time around. You know, the Golden Shadowly uh, Soldiers, all that kind of stuff, getting fight money, uh, the, the challenges, those are all okay. But again, we, we need better, right? Um, training mode, I will say, is exceptional. And that actually mm -hmm. started off in a pretty good spot and only got improved from there over time. CFN is great, although CFN practically wasn't working at all from the start. Uh, and once they got it going, I, I think it's the most full-featured and robust way in fighting games, modern-day fighting games, to look up and track matches and stats. CFN now is freaking awesome. And again, I will say this word again, the gold standard, I think, for all fighting games going forward. If you don't have something on the level of CFN, you should. That thing is freaking amazing and really underappreciated. I agree. I agree. I think that they've knocked it out of the park with their accessibility, with the replays, with the kind of frame data tools, uh, and like how, and, and the fact that if they're not going to have the frame data in the game, at least they have it very easily accessible where those of us on PC can alt-tab out and go immediately yep. to the Shadowloo CFN site. So uh, the whole learning process in general for fighting games has gotten much better just matter-of-factly because of the internet and technology and the way information travels so quickly, but it also, within the confines of Street Fighter V, has been heavily improved and I don't know that it's the best but it's certainly very ample for today's standards and I think there's a lot of other fighting games out there that should copy a lot of the aspects that Street Fighter 5 um, has has begun to do so the shop didn't function at all initially when we, we got <laughs> Street Fighter 5 um, now it works generally how you would expect it to I like to see like a few more bundles and things for costumes. Like, hey, you can get like, you know, 20 costumes for five bucks or something. That's that's more of what I think the shop should be doing, but it's also not super far removed from like other places that I would expect. Um, and then I will, last thing here is I will shout out the online settings to save times. 
like uh, like uh, having your characters selected uh, in advance and stages in advance, like having those things picked for you, like so you don't have to wait 20 seconds every time you play a ranked match or a casual match. That's really nice. And, mm-hmm. and that is a very good standard that, again, a lot of games are copying and have done before. But I will shout them out there. That was available at launch, something they were doing. That's that's good. And that, that actually pretty much wraps us up here for, like, you know, the main stuff that Street Fighter V had at launch or got added on later. And so, John, I want to turn this right over to you. Having gone through this, do you think the game is in a, a good spot overall from the launch here in 2016 here now to 2020? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a night and day experience. I think it's uh, Gil's stage. <laughs> we started on one side and we we're, were at the other. And uh, what what do you say? It's not perfect, of course. I got to put that in there. But it's a much more playable, a much more inviting experience. Uh, there, There's reason to continue to play it, which is why we're here in 2020 and we've had the restrictions and the hamperings of COVID. And yet still people are... Uh, for as much smack talk, and I'm right there with them, we're still playing the game. Uh, we're still playing the game at a relatively high clip. We might have kind of, um, you know, little vacations from it now and then and, and such, but actions speak very loudly. And mm-hmm. the fact that we're all still doing it, we're all excited to still do it, more or less. Um, and, and there continues to be reasons to turn on the game, even if they're not as many as we would want there to be and through as many avenues as we'd want there to be. Um, uh, ultimately, the, the the updates to the actual gameplay, the, the number of modes that are there, some of that just factors into we want Capcom to hear what we're saying because they're billing this as a service and now it feels more like a service than it has before. So the, uh, the general relationship that we have with the developers, the charisma the game has in general moving forward, the momentum, is a lot better. And it adds up to enough people want to continue to play. And it looks to me like we're going to have enough forward movement to get us through the next year or two, which is what it looks like we're going to have to have for competitive, or we're going to have for Street Fighter V. So yeah, there's a little reservation there we're going to have to have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're in a much better place. I think it's 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 just it's unequivocal. It's it's definitely uh, better than it was uh, for some pretty clear reasons. So you don't have to love it. It doesn't have to be the thing that you uh, that, that, that it doesn't have to be your favorite game. But I would say for anyone that got a bad taste in their mouth from that first impression, I totally get it. If you haven't given the game a chance since and you like Street Fighter, come back and try it out. Because I've seen a couple of different instances of people doing that now and saying, you know what, not my favorite. It's not the Street Fighter that I that I started playing the franchise with, which is what everybody always wants the new game to be. But it's enough to get me playing, and I get to be part of this community, and I get to be on this journey and on the ship with everybody, and uh, and have a pretty good time. So yeah. There you go. Now, we did a Twitter poll. Uh, it was only up for a day, uh, so a little flash if you got in there or not. Uh, we had over uh, almost 1,400 people respond to it, and 60% of those voters said that they thought the game was overall in a good spot, uh, good spot now. 40% said they still didn't think it was, even after all this time. And mm-hmm. I still go back and compare this title a lot to Street Fighter IV. And I think it's way clearer that Street Fighter IV was quite a bit more beloved than Street Fighter V. Its predecessor seems to hold such, like, just much a stronger place in people's hearts. And I think if we did this exact same poll right before Street Fighter IV ended, I think we'd see 10 to 20% more people saying Street Fighter IV is in a better place than than what we're getting with Street Fighter V right now. Um, 
And there's a bunch of reasons for this, which we've already covered, but I think that Street Fighter V shows why it's important to nail the launch. Uh, as they say, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And Street Fighter V just left too rough of a taste in people's mouths initially, uh, especially for a game they paid 60 bucks. Like, it's like, dude, I, I plunked down $60 for this? And we got like half of a product at launch. And, and the game really should have been delayed for another good six months or so to get the story mode, CFN, the shop, all that other kind of stuff just actually working. Like, I mean, there's just so much. Like, it was, I'm not saying the game was like, you know, um, we got half of a game. I'm not saying like, you know, it took them six months to like get the other half in there i'm just like they needed that other six months to finish off the rest of the game and make it a complete product are pretty close to a complete product um but the other you know thing that i i think is just you have to have going forward is a proper arcade mode uh, that should have never taken two years to get out there not for a fighting game franchise where this is one of the main things people expect it's what we grew up on this is like a core of the franchise it, it's like making the game and not having ryu in it to some degree if you ask me um mm. So, uh, anyway, I, I agree with our Twitter users who voted overall. The game is in a good spot. Uh, but I think if you look at this product now in a vacuum and had no idea uh, the launch was so rough, most people would agree with it. Most people say, yeah, yeah, this is like, hey, why are people complaining about this game and whatnot? But I also think that if you started with this game back in 2016, I get how a number of people have not been able to shake that really bad feeling that, that this game give them, gave them initially. Exactly. You, you paid so much money for this. There was so much hype. You had so many good vibes coming in from Street Fighter 4 that it's like someone just walked up and punched you in the face and charged you like 60 bucks for that pleasure of it, right? <laughs> it, it's like, I get it. And, and so I'm not saying Street Fighter 5 is a perfect product now, I, but the majority of the complaints that people had have been addressed. And, and the one thing I hear most consistently is a netcode, but that comes mainly from PS4 users. So if people are saying, I don't like this, but they don't have a unified voice anymore, it's a bit hard for me to like kind of address their complaints head on beyond what we've already done. I, I don't know, you know, how many other complaints are out there that are really valid. So I, I'm not saying that, you know, the 40% of people who responded on Twitter are wrong. Uh, because the whole point of this poll was, how do you feel now? But I bet if we kind of pulled those people individually and asked them, they, most of them would say, yeah, it's it's the launch. It's just kind of how the game came out, uh, more so than anything that's currently in the game. Yes. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's it's been a super rocky road here for Street Fighter V. Uh, I'd actually argue, though, that Street Fighter Three was worse. Uh, but that's not a good thing when, when I'm saying just being better than Street Fighter 3 uh, is your badge of honor. That's not a badge of honor you want to show to people, right? Like, that's not like, oh, hey, we were better in Street Fighter 3. It's like, <laughs> oh, man, that's that's not good. And I get, I get what happened with Street Fighter 3. I get how loved that game was. And I think that's kind of what Street Fighter 5 is going to be. It is like a game that, that kind of carries on its legacy. More so, like, people appreciate it at when it's gone you know, kind of thing. And, and it's unfortunate, but that's, it's why we did this podcast is kind of address these main subjects here, get them on the community's radar and get them on Capcom's radar so that, that the next time we get a product from them, this stuff is addressed. And, and I think it will be based on, on who's in there now. And it's addressed so that we have a very good first opinion, uh, first <laughs> impression. Um, yeah. And, and just to piggyback a little bit, 
people were very upset emotionally. They were frustrated because things weren't working or the gameplay or whatever, and they felt demoralized because stuff wasn't even there and, and such. And so they had this very bad first emotional taste. And then now, what everything's been put back in, you're still riding that emotional wave, but it requires you to go in and pick apart, like we're sort of doing now, the actual factoids, the logical, like, well, but the number has been increased or decreased by this much, so technically it is in a better place. And you have to identify all those little things and add them up logically to even begin to combat or to change or alter that emotion that you're feeling about it from the last four years or whatever. And so, and a lot of people aren't gonna do that, right? And, and it's their prerogative of whether or not they really wanna spend their time re-examining to try to give this game a second chance or a third chance or whatever it is. But that's what's gonna, that, that's why it's required. And that's why you're seeing that 60% instead of like an 80%. And yeah. And, uh, and yeah. yeah. It's uh, people aren't that forgiving in the fighting game community. We know this very well. So you mess up and people are going to let you know about it for years, you know, mm -hmm. and that's just, hey, if this is your community and you've been in there for, you know, 30, 35 years, whatever it is now, uh, and you don't realize that that's on you. You know, it, it's this is a community that Capcom very much helps spawn and, and cultivate through the years. They need people in there that know this stuff inside and out and realize that this is the expectation and what you need to do. And so um, there's there's Capcom has no one to blame but themselves for this reception here. Um, but, it you know, I, I think they've made the proper changes. I hope they've made the proper changes. Let me not jinx this now uh, that I, I think things are going to be better next time around. Uh, but we will see. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap us up for this week of the Event Hug Podcast. Once again, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll be back with you soon. We're, we're going to go try the new Do Garita or whatever it's called, and, and we'll, we'll report back on that. Definitely. <laughs> Perfect.